Hello again, this is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan. We're at Compass, Johnny. Yeah, we're at the Uptown office, and we're going to be talking Uptown today. We've got the Catalyst team joining us. That's and, right. And uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, yeah. we got Daoud Hadami. Thank you for coming. We got Beth Gittleman. I love me some Beth Gittleman. <laughs> and we got Emily Ackerman. Thank you guys for joining us. This is going to be like an upper Manhattan yeah. focused type of podcast. Mm -hmm. And I, I love Beth, you know, and uh, you're new at Compass, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, and you're kind of like a mini expert. I consider you a mini expert on upper Manhattan. Thank um, you. So, but if I wanted to start overall, this podcast is really just, you know, for all those people out there, whether it's buyers, sellers, agents, developers, um, investors, it's so, such a confusing time right mm -hmm. now and they really don't know what's going on. So I'm trying to go around and talk to different people mm -hmm. and get different perspectives on what's happening so they can piece all this together. Mm -hmm. So let's just start overall first and then we'll go to Upper Manhattan. But what do you guys see going on in the market right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, based off of just going out with our buyers and looking at the, the data, it's very much a buyer's market. And, and it's just simply starting with looking at the objective data and seeing what the supply versus the demand ratio actually mm -hmm. is. Yeah. And if we focus on that, we see, depending on the sector, what you're looking at, there's usually more inventory than there are buyers. Yeah. So simply looking at that relationship gives us a good indicator of what we're looking at from a mm -hmm. macro perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's an inventory. I mean, yeah. is there, there's a lot of problems out there. It's a policy problem, but there's inventories is building up. It's yeah. taking longer to sell. Prices are kind of bumbling along the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, Beth, talk to me. What's happening? Well, yeah, the market, I think, Dowd is exactly right with what's going on with the market as a whole. And then when we start to hyper-segment things and get into sub-market, um, we see different stories. Yeah. And I think that's what's largely exciting about Upper Manhattan. It's, mm -hmm. it's a market that's maintained um, a lot through this cycle. Uh, our inventory levels tend to be lower overall in sales inventory compared to the rest of the city. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the performance, it's more neutral. It's, mm -hmm. it's less uh, buyer's market and more of a happy medium um, mm -hmm. when we're looking at that. And in some sections, it's a seller's market still. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out why. I mean, Johnny, yeah. thoughts like why is it because well, like this I think it's a good, it's a it's a it's a really interesting idea to talk about why, and I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of people just draw imaginary lines at 96th yeah. Street on the east side, one tenth on the west side, and say, all right, well, this is where I'm going to live in my search because that's sort of the the quote unquote neighborhoods. But I feel like over the last decade or so, we've seen a lot of influx, especially of new developments and a lot of mm -hmm. uh, conversions happening uptown, which has given number one inventory and number two good inventory mm -hmm. at val good value prices so if you could talk about some of those developments that are coming in and what that inventory looks like i'd be yeah. interested to hear well i mean there's a few things to talk about with development inventory and conversion inventory um you know first of all upper manhattan in its landscape is unique um it's not like a of Williamsburg market where there's a lot of land to develop. Mm -hmm. So we are constrained mm -hmm. where we don't have a lot of land to build upon. Um, and if you look at some of our buildings, they're epic pre-war buildings. I mean, nobody's going to knock them down. I mean, the environmental on right. that alone is a big hassle, but they're extraordinary pieces of real estate. So the way to to deal with the inventory in terms of increasing sale inventory was to convert inventory. And unfortunately, with the new legislation, that kind of killed that pipeline overnight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were working on a, a lot of things at our previous firm, um, and I know a lot of friends in the industry um, who were impacted overnight by that legal, that law 
shifting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that did kill uh, opportunity for sales inventory to be born out of conversion uptown. Mm-hmm. But we are starting to see smaller projects. We actually have a smaller project coming to market this spring. And so I think we're going to start to see trends start to fall there on those smaller par- parcels of land that are becoming available. Um, you know, you have developers in Brooklyn who are now like, oh, eyes on uptown. And I think we need to right. start looking at uptown mm-hmm. more along the lines of a, a borough in terms of activity. Yeah, and I mean, th- there's mm-hmm. two different sectors that are doing well right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's Upper Manhattan, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. I think one bedrooms in general are doing very well yep. in Upper yep. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Upper West Side. And mm-hmm. and I know two, two bedrooms, classic sixes, are actually kind of uh, um, still doing very, very well in the Upper West Side. Going back to um, Manhattan new development, mm-hmm. um, I... John, I, I think that Manhattan new development as a whole, forget Upper Manhattan for just a second, I, I think that's like the best value right now. I think that's where, if you're looking to find value as sellers that are giving the most concessions and coming down the price, most negotiability, right. we're going to get the best deal. But we've talked about it because it's, it's tricky because it's not clear what that value is because you really have to ask on all different levels like what, can I get a storage cage is there right. a parking right. permit can I get you know maybe and it's because, some and common charges thrown in for a few years and it's a yeah. mixture of price cuts and other concessions, yeah, concessions like right. yeah closing cost concessions um, but I think in upper Manhattan the new development market I mean what kind of negotiability are buyers getting there well there's still negotiability and I think that's important it's what's being negotiated mm-hmm. and I think if you look at upper Manhattan like where else are you seeing new development properties starting under a million dollars? Right. So we're, we're hitting a totally different um, sector of the population when we're looking at that category. And in that category, people are looking at their month-to-month value and what does it cost me every month to own this property? Right. Um, we have more end users than investors. Um, we have people who are looking to buy into these developments because they want to be homeowners in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at those people, they aren't necessarily new development shoppers. They're shoppers, period. So they're going to a new development, then they're going to a co-op across the street, then they're going to a condo. They want to be in Harlem. Right. you know, And they're like, oh, I could get a brand new place, or I could get something here, and then I can do all the renovations myself and work that in. Right. So the buyer mentality is not like it is downtown, where people are like, I'm going to go to this development, and then I'm going to go to 10 others. I'm going to see yeah. the best deal I can get. Right. So I think the whole, the is, whole it, picture. Yeah. is it yeah. the prices that dr- brought up town to begin with, or is it? I mean, I'm just curious. Like, what brings people up there for the first time? I, you know. I think there's a few things happening. Yeah. I think I think too. Like Emily can talk a lot mm-hmm. about what's happened in a lot of the rental transitions. Um, uptown in terms of the movement of renters. Mm-hmm. I mean, we used to have to sell neighborhoods. We don't. And when you're looking at buyers now, they're like, okay, I can get more bang for my buck. Um, I can get a tax abatement still. So there's still properties that have tax abatement. Mm-hmm. There's a project right. in Harlem with a 25-year tax abatement. Right. That affects your monthly costs. And we look at the and they're federal not giving tax those, code. they're not giving those out anymore. They're not giving they're those not, out no, anymore. Yeah. You know, And it's still it's a neighborhood that you can both mm-hmm. rent and own in and have a similar monthly payment. And that right. exists not many markets. Right. So. Emily, yeah. the rental market. Yes. What, what, what the heck is going on in the rental market? There is a lot of <laughs> uncertainty. I think that amongst tenants, there's... There's a lot of feelings of power now because yeah. some of the laws have really dramatically um, protected tenants in certain ways. I think that there's a lot of uncertainty with the property owners, with the landlords, because a lot of these laws are still kind of being interpreted yeah. and it affected their bottom lines immediately. Yeah. So we are 
we are unfortunately expecting a lot of backlash over time. Right. Um, we do know that landlords had to lay off a lot of staff. Yeah. They laid off a lot of supers. We know they're turning the heats down to mm-hmm. the legal levels, which is between 62 and 68 degrees, yeah. wow. which is cold. Yeah. So I think that we may start to see as early as this winter yeah. um, some issues with those laws because once those bottom lines are affected... And look, there were plenty of things that those laws did that needed it needed to be done. Yeah. But because they were sort of not really thought through in how they were going to be implemented, like yeah. we have um, contractors that we work with all the time that have laid off seventy percent of their workers That's because crazy. their workflow has their workload has completely dried up because landlords are not able to renovate things anymore. So we're going to, I think, see decreased services Mm -hmm. over time, which is going to really negatively impact renters' lives. It's also going to, we think, dramatically raise the price of fair market units. So it's going to kind of skew the market it's going to have the opposite effect, right. which is what unintended consequences. It's going to have a lot of yeah. unintended consequences. I mean, yeah. I think they went too far. I think they went too far, and and people aren't talking about this construction, yeah. the construction jobs, the designers, the, the architects, supers, the, the people that, that make all this side. work. Yeah. And if you are a tenant mm-hmm. who was was promised yeah. or that that I'm going to renovate, I'm going to renovate that place they th- can't this year, next now. year. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is just not happening because they can't raise your rent That's to make right. that thing work out, or they can't mm-hmm. raise it really at all. I yeah. mean, they can only raise at such a small amount it's just not so we're so tenants are going to see unfortunately decreased services unfortunately we think they're going to see just a lesser stock on the market Mm -hmm. now on the flip side there's some good deals like you can because they're only allowed now to go to the legal rents you might be able to get a really good deal right now or if you have a good stabilized apartment hang on to it yeah because it did make those laws a lot stronger for people some of the eviction like the eviction law side you're not allowed to deny people for evictions anymore Mm -hmm. which on one hand is great because like you could look there was no cap on that you could look back 15 yeah. years and if it was someone a so-called had, blacklist that's yeah. right and mm-hmm. somebody could have a problem like i knew i knew a tenant who you know it had to drop out of college to take custody of his two younger siblings because their parents had died and he fell behind on his rent a couple times and so had this on his record right. And then managed to raise everybody up, put everybody through school. He was an architect now, had great yeah. income, great credit, <laughs> couldn't get an apartment yeah. because of this had happened seven, mm. eight years before. That's not right. Right. But then on the other hand, it also, the negative impact too, is that landlords are extremely strict now with qualification. So it's yeah. harder to get an apartment now. Yeah. And landlords are just, just, they're just pissed. Yeah, they're just pissed right now, and they're in shock. And I think a lot of brokerage yeah. firms that were that were on the rental side are in yeah. shock because they capped yeah. fees, right. and that was a big business well, um, for. Well, just like firms. there's a spectrum of, of buyers and sellers that range the gamut. Mm-hmm. I, I yes. imagine there's one of landlords too. You have these large mm-hmm. corporate, yes. multi unit owners that that have multiple buildings and that understand every every inch of the law. And they're going to be out. fine. I mean, and, but I have to imagine there are a lot of people who just maybe they own a, they have a three bedroom townhouse mm-hmm. in Harlem and they're yeah. trying to rent out and they're yeah. suddenly hit with these things and yeah. they're trying to figure this out. I'm just curious like what kind of conversations are you having? Are you having to educate a lot of these people? Yes, we are. And unfortunately, I mean, we are not supposed to be offering legal advice. So of Ooh, course, we're caveating all of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Smart. <laughs> but it's, I will say the upper Manhattan market in particular is largely stabilized. It's, there's a, I, I don't know exactly what the percentage is 
is, but it is it is high. It yeah. is very stabilized. You would have a lot of small owners. So I know a lot of people are like landlords, you know, whatever. I'm right. so sorry for you, boo hoo, you mm-hmm. know. But we have a lot of smaller landlords up there that are struggling and suffering and laying people off, and yeah. they're gonna have decreased services. These people are largely dealing with stabilized property. Mm-hmm. So they are they are not allowed to raise these things up to cover taxes or heat and water. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those things are going to be a problem in the upper yeah. Manhattan market. I can't imagine that those, some of this doesn't get rolled back at some point. I mean, because the level of activism that's starting to happen yeah. amongst the industry. For the first time in a while, I'm starting to see the real estate industry group together a little bit to yeah. kind of say, wait a second, guys, this, this yeah. we're not being selfish here. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to say that there's a lot of, look, New York City relies on the real estate industry. 52% no. was it? 52% it, it, of high, taxes are real yeah, estate? Yeah, I mean, it's a high number. And yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of goes hand in hand. And if you just kind of leave that alone yeah. and it doesn't renovate itself and all that, you make it too tenant friendly and not investor friendly. Mm-hmm. M- maybe not now, but like in a couple of years from yeah. now, you're going to start to see a lot of money and revenue right. go mm-hmm. down. We're, and like, what are they going to do we're with that? We're also seeing the listing stock go down. We don't have an exact number, but it's in the ballpark of 35% in wow. the upper Manhattan market. So we're we're seeing that too because landlords are like, I have a stabilized property here that the previous tenants mm-hmm. were paying $800. I need to do a lead abatement and all right. these things. I cannot afford to do this. They're going to warehouse that unit. What about rates? Are, are mm-hmm. rental rates, and give me like a multi-year like last three four years have rates are they going up are they flatlining are they going down concessions are they happening concessions are definitely happening we're seeing a lot of no fee units on the market we're Uh seeing the market i think is a bit slower than it has been in the last couple years we've been in a solid op market in for rentals rentals. yeah we've been in a solid op market for the last i'd say two three years years. right so we've been looking at it like so as a renter i'm not Mm -hmm. getting too many deals or am I getting too much? Am I getting good deals as a renter? I think in Upper Manhattan because we saw the prices go up dramatically over the last eight years. Mm-hmm. We've seen them go. We've mm-hmm. seen them really spike. I mean, mm-hmm. you can take a neighborhood like Inwood, which eight years ago you could get a one-bedroom apartment for a thousand dollars. Now you're getting it for eighteen hundred dollars. Right. So mm-hmm. it's we've seen a, a. But those rents seem to have leveled off. Right. Okay. Over the last couple of years, also. Right. So I think we're pretty stable. I don't. Think we're seeing a lot of climbing up, okay. but we will start to see that as inventory goes down. Gotcha. And in the fair market, in the fair market world where mm-hmm. things have been newly renovated, you can raise those prices because those units now are going to be, you know, fewer and further between. Right. And your prediction is that inventory, especially Upper Manhattan, is gonna is gonna go down. It is down. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm trying I'm trying to figure out whether or not sellers are keen to what's happening right now. If you when you're going in for your listing pitches, are they, are they and you're presenting them with this pricing strategy and mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. here's the market. Are they agreeing with you, or are they saying no, no, no? no I yeah. kind of think I'm up here. Well, well, I mean, it depends. It depends on the person, right, right. and how educated yeah. they are. But gotcha. what we try to do, and and um, we try to present them with the objective data: what's right. sold in your building, what's sold in the area in the last, mm-hmm. you know, thirty to sixty days, and really understanding that right. is a really good place to start. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then the dialogue is: well, what are you, what? Are, again, we go back to the why. What's your objective? Right. Uh, one of the things that we did and we do whenever we list we identify similar properties we call the other agents up we go hey what's going on with you objective data managing your clients how many people came to your open house this Sunday what about last Sunday and then we're giving that information to the sellers and they're going oh okay so 
we did we that's not bad we yeah. Yeah. you know having right. two people is actually above average for when people isn't that want crazy yeah. yeah i mean yes. having two people at your open house is yeah. considered yeah. a success these days. but how times have changed yeah. that, that's I mean, a sign yeah. of it never market. used to be be like this mm-hmm. i think we're finding a lot of cooperation too in the upper manhattan market i would just say the brokers that tend to work up there as well we mm-hmm. are a community up yeah. there it yeah. is a smaller community and I would say that what David just said is like we are actively working with people that have competing listings yeah. right. to all help each other. Right. Like we are all doing that now. Like there's strategies yeah. there where we're like, okay, we are making sure that our open houses yeah. are lining up with all the comps yeah. in the area so that we can all capture buyers and we're sending buyers to other people's properties right. too. Yeah. Literally you know? picking yeah. up the phone and going, what? Yeah. let's talk. What when, is going when, on? When are we, when should we coordinate our open house hours right. this week yeah right. how many people yeah. came in which is <laughs> different from yeah. 2015 right yeah. so like we've always been a collaborative market in 2015 it was best and highest yeah. so it was the brokers who you're friends with you're hoping you're hoping that that gives a little extra yeah. push yeah. now it's how can we help sell this all together yeah, yeah. in 2015 so brokers were like get the hell away from me i got right. all yeah. these direct deals coming that's in right. i don't need to talk yeah. to you brokers that's that's right. and so, now it's just like guys come on help yeah. me out send Please. me something yeah the other really great thing is when you're working with a seller who's looking to buy really educating them and making sure that they understand that that interest rates are are uh, really great they're they're really low right now i mean i so I, I so know. you might be selling your property at uh at where you bought it or a slight loss but you're also if you're looking to buy you're also buying in this People market it's yeah. a great time to lever up yeah, yeah exactly yeah this interest rate thing i've been thinking about it over and over again mm-hmm. i mean it doesn't even have an effect anymore we've been so low for so long well it, upper manhattan it does i think it does yeah. make an effect yeah because you have to look at who the buyer is and what the market segmentation is. Right. So for a buyer under a million dollars that does with the salt and everything, their monthly payment is key. Right. They're not a $5 million buyer who everybody is going to look at their money, right. but they are strictly looking at their month over month activity. What's coming in, what's going out. And not just will I pass the co-op board, but can my family swing this? And so that is the that is the true middle class yeah. of New York, yeah. is Upper Manhattan. Yeah. We work with the middle class, which is anywhere else in the country, right. um, a very rich family, you know? Yeah. So it, it is very sense. important. And so if those rates go up, it will affect the price. And, and I think, I mean, at some point the rates will go up. I just yeah. think, you know what it is, when the rates go up a half a point yeah. or a quarter mm-hmm. a point, because because they were just way too low before, mm-hmm. everyone, the, the, head, the articles start coming in, the headlines start coming mm-hmm. in, well, your price has got to, but if the rates fall a quarter point or mm-hmm. a third of a point or a half point, which they have done over the last six months, um, before they bounce up, no one talks about it. It's yeah. not like, well, all right, so prices go up now because People now it's very used to these low rates. That's what I'm saying. Very like, I feel like we've them. gotten so used to them that these little movements it's, it's have like hurt. it doesn't have the effect anymore that it kind of used to. The movements down don't have the effect, but any movement up, people start to freak out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> still historically, it's, it's a great time in terms yeah. of interest rates to buy, yeah. and I think in six months it'll still be a great time for interest yeah. rates to buy. And right. a year from now, it'll, even we'll, if we're higher a half a point, it'll still be a great time for interest rates to buy. Yeah, six months ago is a thirty year fix is 3.875 now it's 3.375 that's what i'm talking yeah. about and and yeah. you know uh, you know we're, what's great is that we're able to reach out to our past clients and go hey is it time to refinance right yeah. people who who initially got an interest rate of you know who bought in the 80s and they're 16 yeah. percent or, or right. you know 
that, that's one great thing about the interest rates. And the other thing we're doing is we're reaching out to our, our buyers and our clients and be like, hey, have you thought about refinancing your student loans mm. yeah. as well? So we're, we're kind of like, that's one of the, again, objective data, yeah. understanding what this world is and how it best benefits Do you guys have clients. any trouble working uptown with uh, banks not approving? Because a lot of these buildings are not larger buildings. They have, you know, they just don't have that many occupants. Are they on banks' list alone? Are you having any trouble with no, banks' I was- lending? I don't think we have. No. no, I think the biggest problems run into the HGFC yeah, category. That's right. Um, you know, I think you know buildings are buildings, and if a, if a bank is going to approve a three hundred thousand dollar client, they're also going to approve a building that they want to live in. Right. You know, um, I think when it comes down to it, it's we have literally all the property types in Upper Manhattan. We have have affordable housing, we have regular housing, we have luxury housing. It is an extremely diverse market and any broker working uptown is going to have a knowledge base advantage because we learn how to work with all these different property types. And we we can counsel our building owners, our developers based on all of this. And you have a track record. You you guys guys did pretty damn good in this last this last downturn which has been a mm-hmm. four-year progressive yeah. deflation policy driven reset not even a cycle this is a reset to a new normal mm-hmm. yeah. and and you guys are kind of weathering the storm mm-hmm. uh, a lot better than everyone else so that's fantastic we're kind of running out of time here if you guys could really quickly shortly um final thoughts we got buyers and sellers final thoughts for buyers if i'm a buyer out there it doesn't have to be up in manhattan it can be anywhere um what would you tell me really quick and i don't care which order you go into for buyers, what do you think? For buyers, I would say now is the time. Like, I know everybody is waiting. They think it's going to fall But you're lower. a broker and you're just telling me yeah. to buy right now. No, I know that. But yes, I know that's true. And I would probably say that all the time. But why, no, should, but, why should I buy instead of rent? Why should you buy instead yeah. of rent? I that's will a, say that's that a tough my, question. It's a tough well, question. I, because you'd like to pay yourself instead of a landlord. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, especially in the upper Manhattan market, there is still appreciation level in most of those neighborhoods. I was, we, Dowd is a new homeowner. I recently sold my first property that I only held mm-hmm. for 40, you know, for four years and it increased by a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like that is, there's still a lot of room to go, I think, in a lot of those neighborhoods. You're not, it's not a market necessarily like the Upper West Side or even South Harlem now, which right. is like a nice solid mutual fund. Like you're probably right, not going right. to lose that much value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The upper Manhattan markets are going are still going to go up. Right. Yeah. Buyers. Yeah, and I, and I would just say that um, uh, I would say really uh, understanding the why and understanding the objective is the important part, and then looking uh, maybe even um, having having a conversation about closing costs mm-hmm. is something where you know we can leverage a lot of buyers yeah, as a lot well. of buyers don't ask that question yeah. and i think a lot of agents don't like to bring up that question unless it's 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 brought up um, mm-hmm. because yeah. i mean the last thing an agent would want to do is kind of like bring up oh, here's all your closing costs even though i, I yeah. totally agree it's a fantastic thing to do yeah. but i just think in general i think agents tend to kind of shy away from that for buyers like to hide that information. i think, oh, I think, no. that's I think it's such yeah. a huge it's leverage point. yeah you should you should just buyer. the first thing yeah. you should do is just kind of throw this out there and just just set their expectations on everything and say yeah. here's a sheet for buying and i mean if you're yeah. buying generally looking at what yeah. around 4% or something like that yeah. at the purchase price um, for condos i know especially if i'm buying a million dollar yeah. condo you're looking at about 40,000 dollars it's 3 Five percent, depending on the property type. I think what people need to remember, if you're in this business, is transparency is key. Be overly transparent. People need to trust you, and you know, and they. And I hope you still want referral business because if you don't tell them something that is. 101 foundational information like that there's closing costs when yeah. you buy yeah. and when you sell and what those are going to be and outline them that, that yeah. I think that's a misstep and I think right now in this market people need to understand that um, 
there is a lot of opportunity yeah. and there's opportunities for buyers, for sell buys, for developers, um, and to not look at it as one note. Yeah. And remember, you make money when you buy. Yeah, and true. if you don't understand that, think about it, but you make money when sellers. you buy. Sellers. Mm -hmm. Really yeah. quick, got the last minute. Sellers, um, any thoughts? What do they need to hear? What do the sellers need to understand it's right be okay. now? It's yeah. going to be okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if you own in Upper Manhattan, if you've owned for longer than five years, you have opportunity. Right. So if you're a seller and you've held your property for for five years plus, you I, should be talking about Which I don't think is true in other neighborhoods. No, and no. I think it's particularly difficult for sellers because there's a lot of media play out there right now yeah. talking about doom and gloom and a lot yeah. of pieces will reference yeah. like say a two bedroom in Sutton Place that's just sitting on the market it's a 50% down I, building and can you believe it it's not moving my god the world yeah. is ending but it's yeah. it's not the same I mean it's I would piggyback on Beth, what Beth is saying which is that the supply makes it very much a seller's market in uptown because there's less inventory uptown versus downtown yeah, yeah. interesting good stuff Daoud Hadami thank you so much <laughs> Beth yep. Gittleman thank you so much thank Emily Ackerman this you. is Noah and John we are from Urban Digs we are talking Manhattan we'll catch you next time <laughs>